Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. This week we'll be deep diving to all things Christmas movies and yeah, Jabari, what do you think makes the Christmas movie a Christmas movie? Mm. So I think in order for a movie to be a Christmas film, the majority of the film has to take place on Christmas, personally. So if a movie, say, is 90% the week before Christmas, but then the last 10% is on Christmas, that's a little bit iffy to me personally. But I guess my question is, what if the movie centers around getting to Christmas and like just holidays in general? Because I feel like Christmas is kind of more now a season than a day. Like people are talking about like the holiday season or Christmas markets or, you know, you're preparing for it for much longer. People don't put their Christmas tree up on Christmas Day. They put it up, you know, right after Thanksgiving. You don't start listening to All I Want for Christmas is You christmas day you listen to it the month before so is it how is it that a christmas movie can only take place during christmas is my question it doesn't have to only take place on christmas but i think it has to be the majority takes place on christmas if that makes sense so it can't culminate in christmas it can't be like we know it can't be like oh um we're setting up for christmas but then the very last end of the movie where 10 minutes of it is on christmas is then makes it a christmas movie I think in that sense, it would just be a holiday movie. Mm, Okay, so then I guess what if it takes place on Christmas, but the only thing you really see in it is like one Christmas tree? That's a little Christmas movie? It's a Christmas movie, yeah. Wow, that's (laughs) awesome. I think it's about the time and the setting more than it is about the... So how is that a Christmas movie and not a movie that takes place on Christmas? You know, like it doesn't encompass the Christmas cheer or whatever. It's like The Nightmare Before Christmas. I would consider that a Christmas movie. Personally, like people always debate, is it a Halloween movie? I think it's is it a, a Christmas bit of both. movie. I think it's a Christmas movie because it not really take place on Christmas. Take place in like a town that is literally Christmas. But he turns the town into Christmas, and then they go into Christmas Town, and then he's in, you know, I think giving kids toys and stuff during Christmas. I think it's the majority. I think it's a little bit different. Though, around I, Christmas. I think that's like a little bit more similar to, say, like. Rudolph, like Rudolph, doesn't take place on Christmas, but cl- clearly but Rudolph is like about Santa. The South Pole is always Christmas. North Pole, North Pole. We're yeah, you going know, to the wrong I mean, place. We raise like, Muslims, yeah. so I don't know the lore behind Christmas. Um, or the, yeah, the how North the Pole Grinch is always Christmas. It's like the how the Grinch stole Christmas. That's literally on Christmas. That was going to be like a dumb argument. Yeah. So I, I took that back. Um, so any movie like in a fan- in fantastical lands with elves and all this other stuff, those take place in a land that's kind of always Christmas. Mm-hmm. But in a realistic movie, so if it takes place on Christmas Eve, then it's not a Christmas movie. So Polar Express isn't a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's a holiday movie. No, I don't know. I gotta well, think about that. On Christmas Eve, and they're going to visit Santa, and it's not a Christmas movie because it doesn't take place on Christmas Day. But the movie takes place on the train majority of the time. Like, do we even see Christmas trees and stuff like that? It's literally about them going to the North Pole to visit Santa. That's why it's called the Polar Express. But Christmas, our Christmas Eve is close enough to Christmas. They get picked up because they left out the cookies and the milk. But it's Christmas Eve. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to call Christmas two days. Christmas Eve and Christmas. All right. Instead of like, oh, a month before Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. Like, that's that's kind of far from Christmas. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like if, in my mind, it's kind of like if you're preparing. If it's like everything is leading up to Christmas, then I can kind of get with it being a Christmas movie. Like, if it's just taking place a month before Christmas and Christmas is, like, a random day. But if it's, like, in one of the movies that we're going to talk about, Love Actually, it was kind of, like, countdown to Christmas, which to me makes it a little bit more about more of a Christmas movie because they're counting down to Christmas. You know, like, the Christmas theme is prominent throughout the film, which makes it 
a little bit more of a Christmas movie. If a movie just doesn't take place on Christmas and then there's like one day where it's Christmas and that's it, then that's like a little bit different than if Christmas is like a main that's part kind of, of it. how I feel about Love Actually then. Because most of that movie does not have anything to do with Christmas. Like they had a countdown clock to Christmas, but if it was no countdown clock there, you would have never known what the time of the year was. You didn't really see a lot of decorations in a movie or anything like they that. They literally had Christmas trees and like, well, you, it, you didn't see it a lot. Like it was in true. the background more than anything. No one was like, oh, Christmas is upcoming. Look at the Christmas. Tree. Like it was kind of there in the background. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the clock, I would have just thought it was like any other holiday. And even the main Christmas day felt kind of like, maybe it's because in England they celebrate Christmas differently. I don't know what they do in England. But it was a little bit less in your face than it is in America. Like in America, when we celebrate Christmas, it's all over. Yeah. That's in part tied to the capitalistic nature of Christmas here. But in England, it seemed like it was a little bit more sub subtle mm-hmm. and it just wasn't in your face. So to me, love actually felt more like a, I couldn't even call it a holiday movie. Like I was actually confused as to why this is considered a Christmas movie. I mean, we could get into more details about it now that we're transitioning into yeah. love actually. Let's do that. do the so. summary. Um, yeah. So essentially let's kind of just talk about different genres and love actually would fall under like the romance genre of Christmas movies or I guess in your opinion, not Christmas movie, but to get into the, um, uh, summary love actually came out in 2003 and it is nine intertwined stories. Examine the complexities of one emotion that connects us all love (laughs) among the characters explored are David, the handsome, newly elected, Prime Minister who falls for a young junior staffer. Sarah, a graphic designer whose devotion to her mentally ill brother complicates her love life. And Harry, a married man tempted by his new attractive secretary. So this is my first time actually watching Love Actually. Like, you know, you've seen, I've seen the part with like the best friend coming to the woman's house with the cards and being like, to me, you are perfect and all of those different things. But I've never seen the whole movie and I hate to say it. I was a little unimpressed. Yeah. I think it was just, as I said, it's nine intertwining stories. I think you could cut down at least three of those stories. You cut down four of those stories, honestly speaking. Yeah, bare minimum three, but more. Because I feel like what happened is I like story, I like movies where it's kind of like the stories aren't necessarily all, or you see a bunch of separate stories and they kind of all connect towards the end or something like and that. the weird thing about this movie with the connection is that they were so like, like, they didn't feel like they had a, a major connection. Yeah. It kind of felt like we just happened to be in the same place. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, that's not as fulfilling as I thought the ending would be. Yeah. Like you could have had the at least or three stories that I would say were my favorite or you could have kept and the, the rest of them you might have cut. Maybe four are the father and son. Um, I think that was like the most compelling of the stories. I think it was just like the to me, none of the romance really worked. So I think they were like the most interesting of the yeah. two. Um, the... Uh, wife whose husband was cheating on her. I think that was kind of interesting seeing how she was handling, navigating that. And then, yeah, I'm like drawing a blank. Like there's not many of them. Oh, and I think the, even like the rock star, I think his story was interesting just because it kind of came to the fact that like, oh, the love of my life isn't some woman. It's like my best friend and it's not like a romantic love, but, or my manager, but it was like, you're the one who's been here Family with me almost, yeah, yeah, for all of these years. So I think even the woman with the mentally ill brother, because yeah. kind of like he became her priority in a way that um, it's, unhealthy, but. it's kind of like she's the only one there for him. So it's kind of like she didn't know how to draw boundaries, but it was still interesting yeah, to see that. Yeah. So I would say the, I would talk about the ones I would cut out. 
Oh, yeah. The dude that went to Minnesota was pointless. Why was he even well, in the movie? It's what the was worst, the point of that? Worst plot line. Yeah, it was like all... I don't know if the director was like, oh, this is what I want to do in my life. But it yeah. kind of felt like it was just like a fantasy. And then his character was also kind of annoying, too. So it didn't help. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. kind of like you're like a charming character. And I'm like, oh, yes, go to America and find these I thought he was going to like wake up and be like, oh, I didn't know. Like, how was any of that real? Like, it was it's so unrealistic. Yeah. Um, Rick Grimes and his best friend story, I would have cut out. <laughs> I just. I was like, who's Rick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, the actor's name. So I'm just Andrew Lincoln, Rick Grimes. I think. Yeah, Andrew Lincoln. His yeah, story was just Kara kind of... Knightley. I I didn't like that because one I think if if I was um Kara Knightley, I know she saw her wedding video and she was like, "Oh, these are all of me." I'd be mad. Yeah, exactly. Like you're supposed to record my wedding and you like just zoomed into my face. Now I have no video of my actual wedding that happened because you wanted to be a creep. And like I don't know, I just yeah, it wasn't romantic the way that it's portrayed to be like all these years later. Yeah. Um, having watched a film for the first time, but a lot of these aren't as romantic as they come on. The actors, I don't know how to feel about that one. I mean, it wasn't a bad story, but I feel like if they got more time, it could have been more interesting. And that's the thing. I feel like they, for each of almost all of the stories, not everyone, like the ones I mentioned, I feel like those are the ones that got the most time, which is probably why yeah. they were the most interesting. But I feel like for a lot of the stories, you didn't develop the characters enough. It's like, why should I be rooting for him and not her husband? I don't know her husband except for the fact that he's Chiwetel Ejiofor, yeah. and that's it. That's like, why I, was, I wasn't rooting for her because yeah. I'm like, this is kind of sketchy. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I know it's supposed to be like true love or whatever, but true love. But it's like, why is it true love? It, he, she didn't even know he liked her. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like he had a crush and that was it. So mm-hmm. it's not really true love. Unless you develop it that way, but they don't develop any of the characters because what they'll do is they'll show you a bit of the character, leave that character for like 30 minutes and then yeah. go back to them for two minutes and then you're with another character. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't work for me, but sorry, keep going to your ones you would cut. So you would consider this a Christmas film? I think so. I mean, again, like the start of the movie is literally the rock star making his love song a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we're setting the stage that this is going to culminate at Christmas. Um I do think that maybe the way we, how Christmas is so in our face here in America maybe is a little bit different there. So the um, it didn't seem as Christmassy, but I do think like the countdown to Christmas, and I know it's kind of like the fact that you have to have a countdown yeah. makes it less Christmassy, but th- the fact is that they're trying to make a Christmas movie. I think that in order, f- like, I don't need to be told it's a Christmas movie. Mm. I want to feel that it's a Christmas movie. Like, I feel like there's a, a vibe that you almost got, like, a Christmas vibe check you got to know in order to know if it's a Christmas film or not. And I feel like this didn't pass that personal vibe check of mine because I'm like, if you didn't have it on a list of Christmas movies, I would have been like, all right, is this a Christmas movie? Like, I would have never thought about it as a Christmas movie. Yeah. And um, I don't know what movie we have up next on the list, but there's another movie that's kind of like that where I'm like, if you didn't tell me it was a Christmas movie, I would have never thought that it was a Christmas movie. Mm, I feel like- So it didn't pass that vibe check for me. Okay. I I can I can see where you're coming from. I do think that they put I think it's not a Christmas movie in the way that say Elf is a Christmas movie, which, you know, obviously like Yeah, that's a Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie. Yeah. But I think Oilers. it's Christmas I think it's you know what it is? Again, I think it's kind of like the movie that takes place around Christmas. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, oh, Christmas spirit, Christmas chair. It's like we're making a movie that takes place around Christmas that we can package and sell during the holidays and that would be like the big romance of 2003 it's like it comes out probably sometime in december you go see this and it's like around christmasy enough that 
you can sell as a, a holiday a movie, movie almost yeah. like a Christmas movie almost, but it's not like a Christmas movie in the traditional sense of again, like how a Grinch stole Christmas or all those movies that take place. Like where Santa actually exists in, yeah. in the movie versus like a realistic movie where it takes place near Christmas time. I think that's the, that's the thing where it's just, I guess that's where you can like make a distinction is, is this like a Christmas movie in a fantastical land where it's like all of these things that, are, but I mean, the way that guy went to Minnesota, who says it isn't fantastical? Well, that, that was true. pretty. That was unrealistic. You do but, like a Mister, <laughs> Mister, Mrs. and Mister Claus love story next. Yeah, that was that was that part was unrealistic. Yeah. But it's like more grounded in the real world than yeah, say then. like an Elf or Krampus or even It's a Wonderful Life. I must say all of them except this one. Die Hard's rooted in reality. <laughs> Is it? reality i mean it's like it's not like you're gonna have santa coming up to help john mcclain you know what i mean yeah. like yes the action might not be realistic but you're not gonna have santa there yeah that's what i mean when no, i say true. more realistic yeah. um but speaking of let's go into die hard which also stars alan rickman as a villain he's kind of a villain in love actually too because he's a cheating husband um but die hard will be our action movie and i feel like this actually might be the most debated it's the oh, most debated, but to it's, me, it's a Christmas movie. It's a or Christmas not. movie. I'm just He's, calling it right now. I mean, okay, I did a, a Christmas movie. I did a poll on my Instagram, and most people said it's, it's a, a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. I had like one no. Um, but the plot of Die Hard is it came out in 1988, by the way. But New York policeman John McClane is visiting his estranged wife and two daughters on Christmas Eve. I think he has a daughter and a son, but it says two daughters here on Christmas Eve. He joins her at a holiday party in the headquarters of. The Japanese-owned business he works for, but the festivities are interrupted by a group of terrorists who take over the high-rise and everyone in it. Very soon, John McClane realizes there's no one to save the hostages but him. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so, Jabari, <laughs> I don't want to say what you think of Die Hard. I guess let's say, I mean, everyone thinks, I don't know if you think Die Hard's a great movie. Oh, but, it's a superb movie. It's one okay. of the best action movies ever made. Yeah. Who doesn't like Die Hard? I'm sure there are people out there who don't like Die Hard, but... I'm not one of them. I thought it was really good. I actually was watching it, and I haven't seen it in, like, a while. So I forgot yeah. a lot of the stuff that happened, like, some of the characters. Like, I remember okay. it. Um, so this is actually a good um, trans, a good um, way to talk about it because I, I'm going kind of off memory when, mm -hmm. when I watch it because I've seen it, like, a hundred times. But you've seen it more recently than I have. Yeah. So based on what I remember about Die Hard, I do remember it being, like, it's kind of a movie where Christmas is in the background, but it does play a role into the whole film because that's kind of how they all come together. Yeah. Because like it was at a holiday at a party. party yeah. yeah. So I think that's what kind of makes it a Christmas movie because it's on Christmas. Um, a holiday party kind of brings the plot together. And then you kind of have like the Christmas festivities everywhere as he's killing people and fighting these terrorists. I mean, you don't know. You don't have the Christmas festivities die as soon as the terrorists <laughs> enter the building. There's no more. I mean, most, like you got the lights the and all that Christmas stuff. Festivities. You have is when John McClane kills the first dude and he puts the Christmas hat on him and says, um, on his shirt, it says something like, I have a machine gun now. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> That's as Christmassy as you're getting after the initial Christmas party. But I could give it it being a Christmas movie with it taking place on Christmas. And again, Christmas being the reason that they're all together. But I think Die Hard was like really good. Um, I think it was kind of. Oh, man, the one plot point that bothered me so much. I mean, and it, it was purposeful, but him not having shoes for the whole movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. But it played a role. It played a part into the whole story. Oh, yeah. Because he was like, 
he he always talked about not having shoes. Yeah. Because he was like, I got to step on glass and all this other stuff without shoes and blah, 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 blah. So the part when he stepped on the glass and had to like pull it out was like, yeah, it was really, it was I was bad. physically recoiling. How did he lose his shoes again? He was washing his, like, washing up when he got to the wife's office. And I think that's when oh, the yeah. terrorists so broke in. So he lost in. his shoes in the very beginning. In the very beginning. He had that sucks. no shoes for And then it's, like, small things about the movie that I think work for me. Um, like, the fact that he starts with, like, a white tank top. Mm-hmm. By the end, well, by the end of the movie, he's literally shirtless. But, mm-hmm. like, throughout the movie, he gets dirtier he and gets dirtier. dirtier, and dirtier. Like, at one point, it looks completely black because it's just, like, he's yeah. going through so much. So I feel like it's kind of, like, a realistic grit, like, I think nowadays, with some action movies, I've, it feels less realistic. It feels like if this was something, say, The Rock was in, his shirt might be, like, a little... It would be white, but it would have, like, a little bit of dirt on it. Like, it wouldn't be, like, he really went through this struggle to get to where he is. And then um, Alan Rickman is really good, too, as Hans Gruber. Um, just, like, the fact that he's just kind of a villain with... He's a good contrast to... um. John McClane in this yeah, movie. Yeah, McClane is kind of like gritty and whatnot, and Alan Rickman is a little bit more like stush and yeah. a well-educated German villain. Yeah, and he just wants money, which is yeah. like the interesting part because um, he's not he doesn't have any motivations, and he plays on the fact that the FBI will think he has motivations, mm-hmm. and that the cops will think he has motivations to just be like, I'm just trying to rob this place. I'm not <laughs> he trying. Just wants money, he's yeah. like, nope. Free these terrorists. He's like, I don't really want them freed. I just want to rob it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. One thing I loved is <laughs> at the very end of the movie when you have um, uh, what's the the cop, the black cop, his name? I forget the I forget his name. He's in all the diehard, well, a lot of the diehard movies, right? Um, I only remember. I think he's a reoccurring character. Die Hard one and like four or five. So oh, okay. I don't think he's in the later ones, but he might be in like Die Hard too. Um, Al. So mm-hmm. you have John McClane and Al at the very end. <laughs> they lock eyes without hearing each other's voice and just know that's the person that they were on the phone with or the walkie-talkie with the entire time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is hilarious to me that it's just like they don't they don't know each other, but they're just like, it's you. I know mm-hmm. it's been you this whole time. Um. So yeah, I think just overall Die Hard's like a really good movie and in the debate of if it's a Christmas movie or not, I'm gonna tip towards yes, it's a Christmas movie. I think people tend to put think of Christmas movies as more like uplifting kind of stories where it's not really action oriented. But I think a Christmas film is whatever, in my opinion, centers around Christmas in that sense. And I think that this is an action film that Christmas plays a role in the setting. And that makes it a Christmas film to me. Mm. It's kind of like how well, that is not a good analogy, but yeah, I think this plays a this is a Christmas film. Okay, pretty. I think it's pretty like, in my opinion, obviously a Christmas film. But I guess because of what we traditionally think of, like if you put this next to a Christmas story, it's gonna be like okay, yeah. Obviously, one is more Christmassy than that. But I think and what, a Christmas story doesn't take place only on Christmas. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but that, doesn't it like a majority of it take place on Christmas? No, it's like leading up to. Oh, well, we have to have a debate about that one then. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, a Christmas story. You have to have a debate about it. Okay, yeah, it could be a, the the week before Christmas story. <laughs> wow. Um. Okay, so with that, let's go into the comedy category and go to like a much more traditional, uplifting comedy, like you mentioned. Krampus. 
<laughs> Krampus was kind of a hard comedy. You're not yeah. lying. We could go into that next, but no, we're gonna go into the. the I said uplifting. Krampus was uplifting. <laughs> um, we'll go to Elf, which we were actually debating talking about this one or a Christmas story, and we ultimately went with this one. And I think partially it's because Elf has become such like a mainstay Christmas mm-hmm. movie, and I feel like a lot of Christmas movies, when you think about them, are very or not very old, but like usually from like the 80 or like. 80s or before 70s 60s 70s 60s yeah Yeah. so you don't really have two you have some from the 90s but you don't have many from the 2000s and i think elf has managed to make itself like a classic pretty quickly um but let me go into the synopsis and then we can talk a little bit more about it so buddy played by will ferrell was accidentally transported to the north pole as a toddler and raised to adulthood among santa's elves unable to shake the feeling that he doesn't fit in the adult but he travels to New York in full elf uniform in search of his real father. As it happened, this is Walter Hobbs, a cynical businessman. After a DNA test proves this, Walter reluctantly attempts to start a relationship with the childlike buddy with increasingly chaotic results. Um, so, yeah, to me, Elf is a pretty traditional kind of Christmas movie. Uh, you have Santa really exists in this world. You have the whole idea of, like, if the naughty and nice list, and then if you don't have the Christmas spirit, then Santa can't really exist because yeah, literally you literally have, have a naughty and nice list. Yeah. Like a big book of it. Of naughty and nice, yep. Um, and without the Christmas spirit, Santa couldn't fly his sleigh. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, this is very, very traditionally, or this is a Christmas movie, again, like in a Christmas world mm-hmm. um, where things that are supposed to exist to children exist for real. Yeah. Um, I didn't like Elf that much. Like, I remember I thought it was okay as a kid. But as I got older, just watching Will Ferrell act like a child is not funny to me. Mm. And I was sitting there like, okay, this is very almost uncomfortable to watch. Like, when he was sitting there insulting, um, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Oh, Tyrion? Yeah, when he was insulting Tyrion, I was just not into that. I was like, this isn't funny. This is just kind of cruel. Yeah. And then a lot of the other things that he was doing, like, I don't know, just like it felt unintentionally like they were trying to be like oh this i don't know if it's slapstick but the comedy just didn't sit with me as a christmas film i mean it wasn't bad i think that um it took place in the north pole if it's in the north pole that's christmas to me like that's I mean, year around christmas place, like leading up to christmas day i felt bad for the elves because i feel like they're being exploited like as oh, soon as sure. as soon as um he's like oh um good job for another christmas time to start preparing for the next christmas i was like dang they don't get like a week break or anything like that? That even what like um got me was when uh Buddy was still in the North Pole and they were like looking at his quota and he made yeah. like oh, eighty yeah. something toys <laughs> and they're like, You're supposed to make nine hundred? I'm like Yeah, they were they were Santa? being exploited. Yeah, that's kind of not great. Yeah, um, that Santa wanted to become off as a good guy. Mm, I'm not buying it. You gotta give the elves their pay. Yep. Maybe they were getting paid, we just don't know. <laughs> the capitalistic system that Santa runs. Um but I think, I mean, I think the whole point is that although Buddy's child, like he's supposed to kind of bring joy to other, joy people's, to lives. other people's lives, which I think is like the biggest message of the story. I can see him. I feel like it's kind of like you need a little bit more of the growth of Buddy from childlike to, you know, a little bit more mature, mature yeah. while he's also bringing joy to other people. Because I think that's like the message that the story trying to get across is that a lot of these people become so 
complacent in their lives or like stagnant that they're kind of just going through the motions and not really feeling any happiness. And you see even like when he goes down to the mail room, it's kind of like they're all just sitting there. The guy's literally drinking on the job. Um, and once Buddy gets in, it's kind of like bringing an atmosphere of cheer there. The same thing he did to the um, Christmas store mm-hmm. where he like put up decorations that normally wouldn't be there, convince Zoe Deschanel's character to actually want to sing in public. So yeah. it's kind of like bringing out things in people, even his father actually choosing to spend time with his son as opposed to working on Christmas Eve. It's kind of like you're bringing new things out of people that they forgot about so i kind of feel like ultimately that was the point of buddy mm-hmm. um which is what made me like it a bit more i can see where the childlike issue comes in yeah. um with will ferrell being again will ferrell and a grown man um yeah. but i think ultimately the purpose of what the movie was supposed to do in my opinion worked maybe the humor in some places don't work as much mm-hmm. or doesn't work as much um but overall i think that the movie was good. Yeah, I think the message of the movie came across as far as like Christmas spirit and blah blah blah, making Santa's sleigh fly without the rocket boosters and stuff like that. I definitely think all that got across. It was just the humor didn't age yeah. as well to me as I thought it might have mm-hmm. watching it again. Because I mean, I didn't love the movie when I first saw it, even as a kid. But um, watching it again as an adult, I'm like, okay, this kind of humor has never been my humor. Like in general, I tend to like a little bit more dry humor and stuff like that. And this is. The opposite of that, where it's a little bit more in your face. But I think the the spirit of the movie was definitely there as far as, like, don't lose your childlike qualities. Keep celebrating Christmas and believe in Santa, whatever people who celebrate Christmas believe in. And I think that, um, I was a little bit confused, though, because if these kids are getting toys that the parents ain't pay for. Yeah, why don't the parents they, believe yeah. in Santa? <laughs> why don't the parents believe in Santa? Like, the Santa, like, I don't know. Like maybe I don't. He swaps, maybe the parents buy the toys and then Santa swaps it out with his version of the toy. That's a waste of money and time. <laughs> like, what's the point of that? He could be like, "Yo, save some money, pay off your bills, pay for your children's college fund." I don't know, but don't buy toys. I'm gonna get them anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. That was the only thing that was confusing to me. You're nitpicking a, a Christmas movie. Yeah, <laughs> you have to sometimes because <laughs> some of that stuff wasn't making sense. I mean, I feel like a lot of movies where Santa really exists. That's kind of a flaw a bit unless the adults are supposed to know he exists yeah. kind of like if the adults are supposed to be buying the gifts then yes if santa's really buying them then it's kind of like that doesn't work because then there's two sets of gifts that these uh kids are getting yeah so. basically it's like where did that come from i don't remember getting you an xbox it's mm-hmm. like someone got it for you yeah it wasn't us well i think i'd like report that i'm <laughs> like you're like, not, like someone stuck in of like, um, when uh harry potter got like one of the brooms i think he got it from Sirius black in the oh, third yeah. movie and Hermione reported it, and he was like, why'd you do that? And she was like, because you got a gift from a random stranger, and you're like the most famous person in the wizarding world, so exactly. it probably might be a little dangerous, question mark? Like, <laughs> yeah, It's like if you got a, uh, a Birkin bag in the mail, but you didn't order it, you're going to be like, wait, I'm going to ask some questions, and if no one knows, I'm reporting that because someone's yeah. stalking me. Right, I'm like, not because you know my address. Yeah, exactly. You were real creep because you paid. Birkin bags are expensive. I mean, I you spend a lot of money, so you like really like... <laughs> obsessed like no that would not be good um but all right with that let's go into our comedy horror um so again this was another one where we were debating um what to watch was like this or black christmas also went with this because i wanted another movie i think the rest of them kind of 
take place around Christmas. Don't really have any. It's a wonderful life has a couple of magical elements, but it doesn't have as many as like Krampus or elf. So I wanted to pick something where it wasn't just like slasher or we wanted to pick something where it wasn't just like slasher. That's what I was expecting when I was going. I didn't like literally I wanted to Krampus blind. Okay. I don't remember any trailers from when it came out and Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was gonna be like a slasher movie of like some man just a Santa killing people. Yeah. So when I started watching and I realized it was more of a magical element, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And overall, like, I mean, you could go into the summary in a second, but overall, I was surprised to see that it wasn't a slasher film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me go into the summary and then we could talk a little bit more about it. So Krampus is like, I think, the most recent film on our list. It came out in 2015. And the synopsis is while the holiday season represents the most magical time of year, ancient European folklore warns of Krampus a horned beast who punishes naughty children at Christmas time. When dysfunctional family squabbling causes young Max to lose his festive spirit, it unleashes the wrath of the fearsome demon. As Krampus slays a siege to the Engel home, mom, played by Tony Collette, pop, played by Adam Scott, sister, um, played by Stefania Levy Owen, and brother must band together to save one another from a monstrous fate. So... I think from the very jump, Krampus kind of lets you know what it's about. Like with the, it's the most wonderful time of year playing over like or Christmas, like I guess either Christmas Eve or like Black Friday kind of mm-hmm. time of year where it's like people are in stampeding a store each stampeding each other to get these like capitalistic things. Again, the whole forgetting what Christmas is really about and like the Christmas spirit and more of like we're just buying things and. It's not about, you know, spending time with family and all of that stuff. That's what it's kind of like starts off with. And then it gets worse and worse <laughs> as you go into the movie. Yeah. It's always ironic when movies have a ca- anti-capitalistic message. just like your movie. like Yeah. On. But, yeah, I mean, it kind of lets you know off rip what it's about. Like we said with the, it's a one, what is one song was it? It's a wonderful it's most, time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, or, as they're stampeding yeah. each other on Black Friday or, I guess, pre-Christmas shopping, whatever. But the movie in general, it's a popcorn flick. Like, oh, I don't think sure. it's as, like, it's not a bad movie, I would say. Like, I was going into it with pretty low expectations, you know, horror Christmas film. Not really expecting much. It was entertaining enough to keep me watching, in a way. Like, I thought it was going to be one of those movies, like, uh, let me pull out my laptop and scroll Reddit while I watch. But I was like, this is actually a little bit more interesting than I was thinking it was going to be. Um, It was a dark film, in a sense that there was really no happy ending. And... Pretty much everyone who got got did not come back. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, sheesh, they got the the daughter fast in the beginning Mm. and stuff like that. So that was a little bit unexpected. Overall, I mean, it's it's a Christmas movie. Like, there's no real debate about this one. It's on Christmas. It's centered around Christmas. The whole message is about Christmas. Even, like, Krampus' little sidekicks are all Christmassy. Like, Krampus is, like, anti-Santa. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Like, he had little gingerbread men with, with, um, candy cane knives and yeah they were yeah. like little elves jack and stuff in the like, box that yeah jack in the boxes yeah. angels that like attack yeah yeah so it was it was as christmasy as christmas gets like you said anti-santa mm-hmm. yeah i mean i agree like it's definitely 100 percent a christmas movie it's kind of just like what if christmas just goes horribly horribly wrong and you know i don't kind of blame i mean i the boy was messed up for causing this but i don't really blame him for his reaction leading up to it because mm-hmm. everyone in his household was, except for grandma would be like a real jerk to him yeah. like his cousins were being a jerk the family clearly don't like each other that much so it was kind of like i see why he ripped up 
his letter and, you know, yeah. send it to the wind. He just didn't understand the repercussions. Yeah, I mean, who would have think of, that reaping up a letter and sending it to the wind is going to bring the, the anti-Santa along to your house? Like, And that's kind of also, like, grandma should have been more honest about what happened to her as a child. Yeah, because, she would have told that. Yeah, it was kind of like, don't do this. Just one thing you don't do is rip up your letter and, you know. Yeah. Um, But I think it was kind of, again, it was kind of more of a horror, horror comedy than a straight horror. Yeah. So you get things like little gingerbread men being... Like lethal yeah. as opposed to, you know, um, real scary villains yeah. in a way. Um, what, what I think makes the movie more enjoyable is kind of like yes, it's not the the greatest movie in the world, but you again you could sit down and watch it and be entertained. Yeah, Krampus isn't like the best horror movie or the best comedy movie in the world, the best Christmas movie in the world, but I definitely think it's kind of enter. It's just entertaining, so you can sit down. And watch it and enjoy it. Um, I think that the storyline is interesting enough about like a family who's so dysfunctional that it leads to kind of this very bad thing happening to them. And I think the ending is probably the bleakest part of it all where the boy could have, you know, said, forget it. I'm going to I'm going to like stay here and kind of be the only person that's alive after my whole family gets got. Mm-hmm. But he chose to spend. Uh, no, he didn't choose to spend. He chose to go and try to defend his family and be like, give them back to me, please. And Krampus was like, you ain't getting, I mean, you could get them back. You ain't getting them back on earth. Yeah. So then he sends him to, I'm assuming like essentially was hell. Yeah. And what happens is like the boy wakes up and it seems like a happy Christmas and everyone's together but then they realize something's going horribly wrong. And then you get like a slow zoom out and you see that Krampus just has like a warehouse full of, or not a warehouse, but like a house full of snow globes and that they're living inside of one of these snow globes now. So it's kind of like now you have to live in this Christmas hellscape for all of eternity, you get which food is, there? I'm sure you, I mean, I think you get food, but can you imagine just like living the same day over and over again with the same No, I know that people? sucks. I'm just trying to figure out if Krampus got their like uh, basic necessities covered. Well, I guess if you're in hell, technically, you probably don't need to eat. You probably just keep wait. Maybe it's kind of like a Groundhog Day situation where you yeah. just wake up over and over, over and again. over again. They don't really go into detail Christmas on that. every day. Mm-hmm. I guess there could be a worse day you live over and over again. I wonder if you remember, though, if it will be similar to, um, you remember Black Mirror episode when they like send people? I don't people? watch Black Mirror. Yeah. Oh, there was like an episode where you send someone to, you can send someone to prison essentially, but you kind of, I think, put their mind into like this little egg thing. And you can make them relive the same day over and over again. You can make them live that for like a thousand years. Do they but, know that? Um, I think they figure out. And I think that a thousand years can though, t- take place in like 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So it kind of can be like a very short period of time. But for them, torturing them on essentially what's the worst day of their life. So with that, uh, let's get back to Krampus. Any final thoughts on the movie? Yeah, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Oh, I mean, <laughs> let me run that back a little bit. It was an okay <laughs> movie. I enjoyed it okayly. I think it's a good movie to watch when you're like with a group of friends and y'all just need something that's like, you know, something to have on the background that y'all can laugh at and have fun watching. Yeah, I agree. Um, it it was a fun version of a Christmas horror movie. Um, it wasn't like the best movie by any means, but it was definitely enjoyable. Um, but let's get into our last genre, which is the drama category and this is where we're, we went from our uh, youngest movie. Now we're going to our oldest movie, which is probably also 
one of the most famous movies on this list. I think all of these movies are pretty famous, except for maybe Krampus. But um, I think this one's probably the most well-known, either this or Die Hard. And it's it's A Wonderful Life, which came out all the way back in 1946. Um, and the synopsis is, George Bailey has so many problems, he is thinking about ending it all. And it's Christmas. As the angels discuss George, we see his life in flashback. As George is about to jump from a bridge, he ends up rescuing uh, his guardian angel, Clarence, who then shows George what his town would have looked like if it hadn't been for all of his good deeds over the years. So, Jabari, what do you think of this movie? I feel like you're about to say something. No, I thought the movie was okay. actually great. It was a okay. great film. Like, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, the synopsis, I feel like, is a little bit off. Like, the Clarence part was at the very end of the movie. Like, I would have been like, I mean, no. this is a movie that jumps into the life of George Bailey that shows that despite um, things not going perfectly, if you don't give up, you might find a way. Or if you kind other people, they might help you out in the end. Because the... Clarence part was like literally the last like 30 minutes of the movie and the, the movie's like two hours and 10 minutes long it's like yeah the like, I don't think mm, Clarence part with the bridge is the last part of the movie yeah but Clarence permeates through the movie because Clarence and he's like is, in the background talking like oh what is yeah he but we wouldn't next? see what his life if not for Clarence because we're, we're we're believing that we're already see we're, George Bailey's already on this Christmas day at the start of the movie we're starting at Christmas day and they're like we have to give you context though before you have to go save George Bailey, yeah, and the, that's where you get into the flashback with Clarence. The context is an hour and a half. That's <laughs> so true. I mean, yes, that's it's a true. Bit, it's yeah. like, well, back to the argument. I don't think this one's a Christmas movie. Like, it, I don't think it is. The most, oh my! Most God. of the movie takes place in, in the life flashback. of George Bailey, not on Christmas Day, because he's about to kill himself on Christmas Day. Yes, but the most of the movie is the best parts of the movie to me are his life. Not on Christmas. It's like an hour and a half of the movie is not Christmas. It's a whole movie that's it's not flashback, Christmas. flashback, so it's not like it's not on Christmas. I mean, I guess the flashback is on Christmas. Well, I mean, but just because you say flashback doesn't mean that those events are not happening. That's I what think we're watching. Is, I think this is a Christmas movie. I also think it's a very sad movie. It's a very good movie, but that's it's a kind great of, film. It's, it's definitely like, um, sad. Um, I do like the fact that I think the overall message more than Christmas is be kind to others. Because George Bailey was a really kind person. Yeah. And he would see people all around him, like, thriving and whatnot. He's like, oh, I'm stuck in... um. Bedford Falls, I don't... Uh. But then it's like, at the end of the day, everyone comes to help him because he was always help people out when they needed him most. And I think it's not... not only the, the message is not only be kind to others, but also you sometimes can't see your... Impact on the Impact world. on a person's life or impact on the world because you're so caught up in your own self. So when he gets a chance to see what the world would have been like had he not existed, he realizes... Oh, all these things that I don't think about, you know, it, how I'm impacting other people's lives, they're big impacts. So he literally stops a man from poisoning a child. You know, like that's like a one impact. He keeps his brother alive. Without him, his brother would have been dead. I think that the wife being a spinster is, is a little bit different, but he's, <laughs> he, he marries his wife. She would have been a spinster otherwise. Um, he builds like a, houses for people. Like he does all of these things, but I think he's so caught up with the I think partially it's like the life he thought he was going to have and he ended up following in his father's footsteps because he's just such a kind man but he was like I want to he wanted to go to school for architecture he wanted to do all of these things and then you have the villain of the movie Mr. Potter who I'm kind of mad that he didn't get his comeuppance at the end because he definitely still kept that $8,000 didn't he oh yeah he's still he's yeah let's say he thriving at the end of the movie literally stole this man's money that's a realistic um explanation of capitalism you don't always get you, they don't always get there, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, he, and George ended up 
you know, winning at the end because of his kindness so that people gave him what he needed for the bank. And no one believed that he stole the money because yeah. they know they what know kind of person he is. is. Yeah. yeah. That's one but, thing only I didn't like about the movie is that someone was like, you're the richest man in town, George. I'm like, I don't want the movie to just be about being rich, you know? Like, I don't want I that to be the meant, final message. Well, I, I feel like the end message, like, yes, he was rich in money, but I really feel like it was supposed to be, you're the rich in terms of like, Everyone, everyone around you, around you. And, yeah. and it's not just richness doesn't just come in monetary forms because Mr. Potter had he been down and out, no, not a single soul would have been there. Him. And you see yeah. that George's house was literally filled he, to the brim with people singing holiday songs and yeah. Christmas music and Christmas carols because it was on Christmas. Because the, the Christmas very end of the movie, movie was a Christmas, <laughs> but it's like um, during the Great Depression, he literally took his um, own money, own money, and gave it to people so they could stay afloat. And that helped him in the long run because everyone's like, we know George, the kind of person George is. Yeah. He, he didn't lose $8,000. The other guy lost $8,000. Wasn't it that way? Wasn't it the, um, his, his uncle, uncle that, lost Yeah, $8,000 because he, he left it in the newspaper. Yeah. Well, he didn't leave it in the newspaper well, on He purpose, didn't write out his uncle. He, he didn't, no, he, he took, and that's another thing. It's like he could have easily been like, oh, my uncle, this dum-dum, you know. $8,000 back then was a lot, a lot of money, too. A lot too. of money. His salary was offered to be $20,000, and he was like, oh, whoa. So 8000 is definitely... <laughs> Goes a long way back then. Um, even like the woman who he um, who was trying kept trying to date him, but eventually they just didn't. He like helped her so she could get out and start her own life in another. Like he just help, constantly helped people, and it showed even in the um, scene where he goes to the bar and the teacher's husband punches him in the face, and he's like, um, they're like you cannot be in this bar anymore. Like, everyone in that town has his back. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like... He would did kind of... That guy deserved to punch him. Yeah, no. he. I think George, again, he was at his wit's end. Yeah, yeah. I he mean, was, everyone... Could just, it, all right, so I'm just going to spit this fact real quick. Um, $8,000 in 1946 was $114,000. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he, so, he lost yeah. A, lot, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they gave him... What did they say? Um, That his friend Sam Bridgewater... Oh, $25,000. $25,000. Mm-hmm. He gave him a lot of money. So it's like they 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 held him down. They yeah, definitely for held sure. him down. Yeah. But yeah, um George was at his wit's end. A lot of these movies from the, back those days just show you that men back then needed therapy. Cause oh, yeah. they was going through it. Woman too. Definitely the woman too. Oh, but, yeah, they was constantly but, getting you know, like shaken and Yeah, that's like the era that men they used to be like, Oh, let's make America great. That's the era they're talking about. Uh-huh. And they were going through it. Those people were not happy. No, I mean and even like Again, losing $114,000 the day before Christmas. Yeah. Already struggling probably to stay afloat in general. So I feel like it, it was probably easy for him to lose sight of his life. But there was one one thing that I wrote down. It was at the very beginning. Um, it was like one of the very first lines in the movie. And it kind of made me laugh. And it was um, when the angel was assigning Clarence his uh, role and Clarence asked, he was like, is he sick? And then the other angel responded, no worse. He's discouraged. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'd rather be discouraged <laughs> than sick. sick. But I guess if you're discouraged to the point of suicide, then that's, you're, yeah, different. that's then even worse. You're, yeah. you're kind of like sick in a way at that point. This is, it's but, a mental sickness, but you know, they didn't really even think about it back, that then, back but then. But yeah, yeah. I'm like discouraged and sick. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> he was discouraged at the point, like you said, he was about to jump off a bridge. So yeah. he was at the very and not one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars lost. I and they're in the Mr. Potter starting to call the cops on him. Yeah. There was like this DA searching, like it was all these things that kind of like probably just pushed him over the edge. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're really watching a man again at like the end of his rope, deciding what to do. And then I think 
it works the fact that obviously that's like the whole point is that you see his life and you see that it's wonderful but to him in those moments is not wonderful Mm -hmm. and I think that's what makes it interesting because again he like gave up all the opportunities all of these opportunities to stay in a small town I'm sure he had like big dreams of maybe meeting his friend Sam in New York and like Mm -hmm. all these other things like everyone else was that really his friend though Friend-ish. I feel like they were like acquaintances, because remember, um, his best friend was the guy at the bar. Well, yeah, acquaintances enough for him to send him. Yeah, oh, they all grew up in the same town, so yeah, yeah. yeah. But he wanted to be able to do all these things. He saved up money to go to college, but then he Mm -hmm. didn't do it. So, it from from the perspective, why didn't he go again? Because someone needed to run his father's company. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they were like. And they thought well, the brother would come back and do it. And do it, but, but then, then the brother brother's like, nah, we going yeah. out to um Yeah, so it's kind of like the wife. Throughout his life, all these opportunities to leave didn't happen. And I think that can seem like, oh, I'm still stuck in the same small town. But in fact, he did have like a great life and it was kind of just took perspective for him to see it. And that's what the angel brought at the end, although the angel was like a little bit, you know, yeah, like, a little bit of a, a little different. Yeah, a but, different angel. It was still like nice for him to have it, but with that, any final thoughts on "It's a Wonderful Life"? Oh yeah, it's a great film. Um, I l- literally love the movie. Like, I watched it in color. I know y'all are yeah, black and white black elitist. And white. Not elitist. So, it's just it, that's what it was filmed in. So watching in black and white. Yeah, it's like the dub versus sub people. Like black and white versus color. I, I watch it however it comes out. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Like I thought it was a great film. Um, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. It's I think Christmas it's a movie, movie that the last thirty minutes take place on Christmas. But most of the movie doesn't even acknowledge Christmas as a holiday. So I would not consider it one. But I thought it was a great film regardless. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with the Christmas film aspect. But in every other aspect, in the black and white, you should watch it in black and white. But every other aspect, I agree. I think it's a great movie. There's a reason why it still plays every year on, like, CBS and TNT and all of those channels. Because it's such a classic that people continue to watch it year after year and it continues to have like a good a great impact um when you watch it it's kind of like a universal story um of like you know remember that even if you can't see it you are impacting people's lives and a lot of times in positive ways um but you sometimes lose perspective of that yeah so with that any final thoughts i guess just on christmas movies in general, um, do you have a favorite of the bunch that we watch? Yeah, um, favorite, I would probably say A Wonderful Life. Um, I'm going to change my criteria for a Christmas movie to be three days before Christmas. Okay. So it can include Christmas Eve. And then you get the day before the holiday. So whatever the holiday breaks that we get off, that's Christmas. Mm, okay. So that will make it a Christmas movie, those three days. Okay. Anything before that, it's pushing it a little bit. Um, I still disagree with that. <laughs> general idea i think that if a movie kind of centers christmas and even if it takes place like a few weeks before it if it's leading up to like some big christmas event or some big christmas thing then it's still a christmas movie um and i think my favorite of the bunch yeah would probably either be it's a wonderful life or die hard uh for very oh, different yeah, reasons but die hard i forgot about die hard it would die be probably my favorite still one of those two i'll, I'll go with it's a wonderful life i think it's just because more in my opinion of a traditional christmas movie in terms of feelings and everything that you're supposed to get from it but Die Hard's still obviously great um so yeah with that I hope everyone enjoys their Christmas and uh please remember to rate review and subscribe yep up next is Kwanzaa movies (laughs) Bye. bye